Hello. It is Thursday, April 1st, 2021. Happy April Fool's Day. Hey, happy April Fool's Day and happy opening day. Yeah, baseball ah, happened. Yes. We had some great conversations, deep conversations with you today. I think you're going to enjoy it. I hope so, at least. Let's have a good time here. Be a friend. Tell a friend if by the end of this thing you enjoy it. If not, just act like it never happened. By the way, potential massive show tomorrow as well, so let's keep that in mind. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears uh, opened. Mm-hmm. In your uh, head down to the grindstone. Yep. In your feet where where you are. That's right. Be where your feet are. Be dude. where your feet are. Let's get to the show. It's baseball's opening day. Yeah. yeah! Uh, shout out to Twine for that beat drop that we just screamed over top of because our excitement could not be contained. This is one of the only days of the year. There's only like two of them where. Pretty hard out there by Jay. Shout out, Jay. A little hot Jay, start there. Baby, Jay. Jay. Hey, Jay. Cut the music, Jay. Please cut the music. April I mean, he screamed over it anyway. As so. fast and as abrupt as possible, Jay. <laughs> Shout out you. Uh, do appreciate you, Jay. Also, uh, quick uh, happy birthday to uh, Jay and I's grandma in heaven, Betty. Happy birthday, happy Betty. Birthday, happy birthday, Betty. Betty uh, taught me how to play poker when I was like eight years old and uh, taught me how to gamble and everything. She was awesome. Rest in peace, Betty. That's why I come out to Black Betty whenever I perform live. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she told me, I, I think you could be good at anything. You're, you, you, I think you really could be good at anything. Thank you, Betty. I appreciate that. Nobody else tells me that, but I appreciate you do. She passed away whenever we were young. Happy birthday, Betty. Ain't that right, Jay? That's right. Happy birthday. Your gift to Betty was just turning that fucking music off. <laughs> you know, Jay? Yeah, I was starting, starting the moment of silence early. Oh, okay, okay. Oh. No, no, no. Moment of silence. She would not want a moment of silence, by the way. <laughs> That's she, true. She would, she would want a uh, complete opposite. She used to bowl with a, uh, I think, an 18-pound ball. Damn. Oh. Yeah, her whole life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was, Jeez. Just, she would lug that thing around. She was kind of like, She'd she bring was, the thunder every time. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the fucking pins were going to know Betty was there. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we are showing up to have a good time. Rest in peace to Betty. Was she but, putting spin on that thing? No, I think she was very much straight, straight in. on. I, I think that thing was Keep going seeking straight in. Yeah, I think that thing was going straight in there. She loved the lanes, though, I do believe. Hell yeah. She battled against various forms of cancer there. She got very religious at the end of that thing and then kind of in and out. I don't really. She was badass lady. Happy birthday. But that's not. A, it's not about Betty today, okay? Although every day I do have conversations with Betty, give her a little how you doing, keep it moving. And every once in a while you feel as if the people that you, you know, loved in the, in the past that have passed on, you know, you, you get like little signals. You're like, oh, there's Betty right there. Oh, yeah. She seems to be the most prevalent in my life, it mm-hmm. feels like. Now, that could be all bullshit because uh, I absolutely love that lady. But uh, rest in peace to Betty. I appreciate you. Anyways, opening day for the MLB. Yeah! Hey, listen. Woo! Listen, there's two to three days of the year where baseball fucking matters at all, okay? Mm-hmm. The last game of the World Series, yep, yep. whatever game it could be, mm-hmm. whoever is beating who. Now, listen, this is, this is not baseball fans' thoughts. This is outside the baseball culture, looking mm-hmm. at the baseball culture. Opening day, massive day. Even mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, where the Pirates fucking stink, opening day was still a very big deal, always has been. And then the third day is whenever Jet Passing breaks a massively dramatic story yep. about something. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, listen, did you hear baseball had 
wires attached to players and they were getting buzzed in the middle of games to let them know that a curveball was coming. Like that, that's when baseball is big, opening day, and then last game of potential World Series. It's a big deal. So we're right in the middle of it. And to be completely transparent, I am not the person that anybody wants to hear talk about baseball. You just heard how I describe baseball's importance to mm-hmm. the world of sports. But we do have a guy pitched in college, I think. I, I think I had a chance to play in college. Outfield. Oh, shit. Big arm, though. Same thing. Diehard baseball. Named after a baseball player, mm-hmm. I do believe. No. No. Okay. Yes, oh, yes and well, Ty Cobb was a massive piece of shit, so I don't really Anyways, big baseball fan mm-hmm. who played baseball, knows baseball. His job today is going to be to let us all know what the fuck we should care about mm-hmm. for this season. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a brand new segment on the show. As we get things started here at Boston Connors here, Viva Lazito's here, our poll is in involved with this we'll hit that a little bit later but ladies and gentlemen it is time to reveal a brand new segment here on the show ties ties baseball ties baseball Uh, Ty Schmidt, uh, diehard baseball fan, big Yankee fan. Mm -hmm. What should we be looking at? Who's the champion? Who's going to be good? Do we care about any of them? You did kind of hit the nail on the head, though, about baseball, about, like, which days actually matter. Because, I mean, we are in the the time right now. Like, March Madness is basically done. We don't have NFL for a while. So, like, this is kind of – I mean, that's why the excitement's high, you know? Last year, Foch was coming out. Yeah, Foch was burning pitches down the middle on opening day. How about that curveball? he threw <laughs> that thing started at home broke the first base yeah. unbelievable dropped off the table oh my god what a throw so it, it is very exciting but uh full season this year 162 games last year you know they did the shortened season but uh, a lot of people are saying most people are saying this uh, the dodgers are going to repeat again yeah, exactly. oh, so they're the reigning champs they are the the defending champs okay hey, hey, and hey, congrats you know. dodgers good work by them hey, they, they big win oh yeah Ow. and they also signed a friend of the show trevor bar 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 in the season so the kind of the rich get richer on the american league side i mean the yankees probably have the best lineup and best pitching staff so we'll see like they they should advance but they kind of choked last year there are some value plays in both leagues though betting wise really oh yeah in the uh, al a lot of people are hot on the white Sox right now they're a young team they got Mm -hmm. a noted hall famer managing Big time booze bag, but uh, well, yeah, south side White Sox. But a lot of people are saying they're going to win the division. Uh, Barack loved the White Sox, right? He did, yes. President Obama? Yeah, he was a south sider. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was his only flaw. That was. One that, of many. He, that he was a White Sox fan. One yeah. of many. So the Cubs people hate. Yeah, we're not even gonna get into that because <laughs> I mean I, I I don't know if anybody wants to hear Zito's <laughs> diet. No, I love Mario. <laughs> you're talking about Chicago fans of stuff, though. Yeah, I assume yeah. you're talking about personal stuff for yeah. Barrio, not really what he did. Once I put ketchup on a hot dog, not yeah. gonna get into it. But. I do Whoa. it all the time. By the way, it makes the hot dog taste. 10 to 15 times better. If you're not doing it, you're from Chicago. And if you're from Chicago, you feel like you own hot dogs. You don't, okay? Mm-hmm. There's hot dogs in other places. That's how you eat it. Especially on this. That's how you eat it. But Portillo's <laughs> is a damn good hot dog, yeah. I will say. Uh, but but the Cubs hate White Sox in Chicago? Oh, uh, yeah. It's a cross-town challenge every year. Cubs stink? 
No, amazing. Nah, Cubs are going to stink this year. Yeah. No, what? Cubs stink? Cubs, yeah. no, Cubs no, no, kind of no. stink. See, these Ram- are the things I want to hear. Yeah. No, no, Grandpa Rossi yeah. is leading us to a victory this year. We all know it. Okay, this is Ty's breakdown, Zito, please. Just don't come at the Cubs. Cubs do kind of stink. But in the A, a lot of people like the White Sox. I think the Twins are going to win the division. They've really? won the second most regular season game since the Dodgers in the last two years. I think they're plus 110 to win the AL Central. I think that's a pretty safe bet. In the National League, the Padres, a lot of young guns. You saw Tatis last year. Everyone was coming oh, after yeah, him. He was, they, he was flexing on baseball. Exactly. He, he, yeah, big contract, hits home runs. I mean, they steals bases when they're beating the shit out of teams. Oh, love like, it. Yeah. They're plus 400 to win the NL pennant. They are in the Dodgers division, so we'll see. It's going to be kind of tough. But Get it's money, though, plus 400. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's very top-heavy. It's like the same four teams have kind of been like the good teams the last couple of years, and now teams like the Braves and the Padres and potentially the White Sox or the Twins, the Rays, they're kind of pushing up there. But Red Sox. It'll be interesting because it's such a long season. You see how these guys react yeah, after only playing 60 games. I mean, you're playing 100 more games this year. So. Dude, the Red Sox stay. Uh, they no. they might squeak into the playoffs this year. There but it is. Oh we are going to be very good. But, Look but out. The, the playoffs are expanded. Squeak into the playoffs. Very good. Is hey, not. you just got to get into the dance. Then anything can happen. Well, that's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing it's very top heavy. These, these teams, <laughs> I, I'm hearing White Sox, Twins, Tampa Bay, yeah. Padres. Okay. They might sneak it. Maybe, maybe even the Reds. Maybe. They, they might sneak into this Illuminati that's going on up at the top. But assume, Houston, I would assume they're also in the. Uh, they lost a lot of guys oh, in free agency. They were, well, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. It depends on how much they want to cheat this year. If they really, you know juice it up a couple notches they yeah. could be right back in the conversation but yeah. they lost a lot of guys in how free agency the, how come the pittsburgh pirates won't cheat uh well they're cheap kids yeah it's yeah. too much money you know it's too much money to cheat out. It's i mean it's a lot to cheat you're right all those garbage cans yeah, yeah. the cameras that are behind there mm-hmm. and there and the, buzzers the, the are exoskeletons. I, well hey we were told by jet that 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 was a lie. Well, which was interesting because Jet was the one that was reporting it, you know, months before, Whoa, basically saying like, "Yeah, Jose Altuve was in an exoskeleton rig, you know, hitting homers." I mean, <laughs> and then he comes on here and, well, yeah, I never said that. I never said, I never said that. that. He like, said all my studies have, or all my research told me that's not true, which is, by the way, good for the game of baseball. But you know, baseball. I think my relationship with it is one that wasn't very existent for a long time. Never even played baseball until I got a chance to literally never stepped in a batter's box until I got to do it for the Washington Wild things. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, like, I think over the last year or two with uh, – who's Stooge? Commission Stooge? Bob Manfred. Okay, so with Manfred and the players and the bubble and – the potential exoskeleton that's giving them uh, alerts when they're in a batter's mm-hmm. box of when curveballs are coming from, uh, which, by the way, it was not true. But I'm just saying those types of things, I think, are so much more fascinating about the game of baseball. Do we have any of that shit going on? Is there any drama happening right now? Because I've- baseball creates massive drama off the field. And I don't think they tried to. I don't, I don't think they tried to. I oh, think no. it's just kind of the way it is. They got the worst commissioner in sports. Oh, yeah, bar in, none. In Bob Manfred. Because mm-hmm. I think when you're a commissioner, one of the big things you have to do is, okay, you're a representative of the owners. That's what you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to be able to speak. Like, that. you just have to be a great speaker. And we talked about this with Goodell. So when Goodell says, full stadium. Yeah! Yeah! 
We're like, okay, that guy's saying that for a reason. He mm-hmm. is, you know, calculated everything he says. There's a reason. There's a mission behind it. Him leading off with it was a statement or whatever. With Manfred, he can get in front of a microphone and completely fuck it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, there's a chance that the MLB commissioner can get right out there, shove his foot directly into his mouth, and then have to clean that up for the next four or five days and mm-hmm. potentially lose leverage because of it, which loses the owner's money. So you're talking about... The worst commissioner in the major sports at this particular point. Is there anything going on in that world that maybe we can, you know, sink our teeth into as yeah. the season gets started? So last I checked, there was still an issue with, like, payments from last season. Like See, I, th- here I, we I go. think guys, like, you know, basically they said, like, hey, we're going to pay you one thing. I don't remember what it was. Jet came on and told us. But I, I believe that they are still, like, that is still very much in negotiations. I don't think the players are happy. Um, but, you know, once we had the, the ESPN ban, I kind of stopped reading Jets material as well. Mm-hmm. So I haven't checked back in, but uh, as far as I know, yes, there are still issues with the the payments from last season. See, there's always something in the end. Oh, yeah. But today, it's opening day. Well, yeah. we'll see what happens this year, too, because I was just under the assumption and everything I've seen, like, hey, COVID basically hasn't been an issue yet. Like, there's very, very few positive tests of all. And we already, we're, I mean, opening day, we're fucking canceling games already. <laughs> because so, of Uncle COVID? Because of Uncle COVID. Is this because we were potentially doing yeah, uh, well, yeah, on the COVID exactly. logo a couple I mean, days ago? Yeah, Raj told us COVID was dead, and we took it as gospel. And will and behold, a couple days later, COVID's still in the fight. Hey, the thing we have learned about this fight with COVID, and maybe we did prematurely celebrate, okay, because maybe. of what Roger Goodell said. And, but maybe Roger Goodell was just like, you know, everybody... Everybody thinks, you know, 4th of July is the day or whatever. No, that was when we called our shot that that war was ending. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? 17, yeah. it, it wasn't until like 1778, I think, or 1777. Like, it was, a, it, the war was not over yet. Within, and we called our shot. Babe Ruth, you know, oh, yeah. calls his shot. shot. Right up there. Maybe Roger Goodell was just like calling it, hey, like, listen, <laughs> we got this thing on the ropes. All right. Mm-hmm. We think by the time we're going to be able to go full stadiums. And then I think COVID heard that. And it's like a chip on the shoulder yeah. almost like you poked the bear a little bit. COVID was about to go into hiding, maybe potentially go to another planet, hopefully, mm-hmm. and take all the distant relatives that are definitely going to come through and fuck us up at some point. COVID 20, 21, 22, by the way, oh, I've yeah. heard. great mm-hmm. prospect. COVID 22. Mm-hmm. We got to get that one yeah. under control. But I think it potentially got its, you know, a little bit upset because the March Madness is happening yeah. nothing really right seems like it's been figured out mm-hmm. these combines and pro days are happening nothing's really going on hockey seems to have had it figured out at the beginning of the season they had a little bit of issue but they seem to figure it out and now we're full stadiums kind of calling them out and then COVID was like where's that sport what's another one we can get MLB. Yep, fucking opening day. Let's come in and ruin it. So COVID has a little bit left. I think this is this is still a battle that we're in, but I think the overall war, if we're going off of full stadium, is being predicted by Roger Goodell, who probably has information from people that know what they're talking about more than us. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're potentially in the, the final rounds of this thing. Well, that's what's crazy is COVID's canceling a game in D.C. and we got 42,000 fans going well, crazy. You heard you know? what President Biden said <laughs> yeah. about that. That's so right. you're responsible mm-hmm. what the, the Texas Rangers are doing. I they? haven't seen what the – I mean, do you think it'll sell out? Yeah. I would yeah. imagine that thing is going to be standing room only. They might pack 65 in there. And, yeah. and by the way, I mean, all eyes will be on – okay, can, can everybody that went please post on social media mm-hmm. that you went, and then we need you for the next, like, 14 days to also post. Yeah. Because if, if we can have you all just display, like, hey – not dead. 
Like, I think that's good news. Big for win. That's a big win. Now, granted, if some of the, if after next week's game with, you know, President Biden already saying, think it's irresponsible, blah, blah, blah. That's a setup, by the way, for if that goes bad. Oh, my. They're going to chew oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Texas knows this, though, yeah. by the way. Mm-hmm. Texas knows that, yeah, we're going we're going to do this. Dana was like, I want to sell, or Dana White was like, I want to sell out arena down there in Florida or whatever. And they're like, okay, so since you guys are going first, you are immediately either going to be forever remembered as, okay, Texas Rangers were able to put 40,000 into a stadium. Mm-hmm. Dana White was putting 20,000 into an arena in Florida yeah. or whatever. If it goes right, it's like, let's remember what those two did. Just kind of stood right in the face of a lot of people who have a lot of degrees telling them they should not do that, and they did it. And, and, and then, once again, if it doesn't work out, though, oh, I hope it works. Just because I think I hope it works. <laughs> yeah. I hope it goes well. But if it does not, yeah. it is. I mean, we're we're all going to have to. Ev- everybody's going to feel the effects of that. Oh yeah. So, yeah. But for and plus two, there's only like twenty like five tickets left on this website, and they're all nosebleeds. So I'm guessing how much are, are those tickets, by the way? Uh, and the nosebleeds right now, pretty up there. It's 119 dollars each. So okay, uh-huh. this is not because they're a great baseball team, right? It's no. not like this is 100 percent just so that you can be a part hey, of the first, of yeah, big. <laughs> Sporting social event in America oh, post COVID. Okay. I would assume that's why people. I'm going to guess those tickets are usually 30 bucks if I had to guess. I don't know. Maybe even cheaper than that. I thought they were making up for last year. It is a new stadium, but let's <laughs> yeah, triple oh, those okay. prices. Maybe they're making up for the loss or whatever, but you can't have those prices if nobody's buying the tickets. I think there's a lot of people that are like, this is our chance to potentially do a full yeah. Yeah. on the logo here of beating. And everybody else that's watching around the country is like, hey, you all need to survive this because if you do, I think it's good news for the fucking rest of us. Mm-hmm. If it goes, if it goes bad, Don, or mm-hmm. though, I do believe it's bad news for the rest of us. Yeah. A lot of eyes are on. I mean, I mean, there's questions now about you know how it's going to work happening in the political world. That's oh, yeah. starting to slip into my mm-hmm. timeline. And once again, I've said this numerous times. If something makes it into my timeline, that means if it's outside the sports world, that means it's a big conversation. All eyes are on Texas next week. Let's go down there. Hey, let's let's make sure we do whatever we got to do to make sure the rest of us could potentially experience something like mm-hmm. that within the next five years or so. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do that down there in Texas. But maybe that's a game that people will remember forever as a monumental moment in our country's history. Maybe sell the ticket stub down the line for, you know. And then on the flip side, though, that could be remembered as a moment where. Either or. We, we kind of danced on a grave of COVID, and COVID said, not so fast, my friends. Yeah, but we are closers. Everybody thought we were a sprinter. <laughs> yeah. No, we are a closer. I hope that's the case. If Obviously, it goes bad, though, I former. mean, we got to remember, Goodell's a savvy businessman. He might have contacted COVID-19 and said, hey, let's work something out. We want full stadiums next year. Go get Manfred. Go get the MOB. Let's forget about football for a little. Oh, you think yeah, you think Goodell is negotiating with Oh, COVID-19? yeah. Okay. Big time. We're talking about Roger Goodell here. We're not talking about Bob Manfred. You're right. Some stooge. You what, know? Did, what did um, um, the quotes from the press conference? I don't know when uh, the president was talking. I don't know if it was this morning. I don't know if it was an interview in his world, in our world. I don't know. But he said that they should be listening to Dr. Anthony Fauci yep. mm-hmm. and the experts. And as soon as I saw that quote, my first thought was like, yeah, but Joe, like, impressed. Uh, 
Fauci said, like, no NFL season. We had an entire NFL season. He said, no Christmas. Uh, a lot of people had Thanksgiving. and Christmas. I mean, there was, like, we tried with this Fauci. Like, we tried. A lot of this, we understand a lot is good, but, I mean... It, he seems to be, to be a bit of a down. It feels like bit. he's a little bit of a, maybe a pessimist for a lot of these things. And I know he knows a lot more than all of us, but he was anti that NFL season mm-hmm. in the NFL and in the NFL's medical advisors actually came out and said, like, fat, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, they literally came out and was like, you go, we don't care what he has. The whole season happened. So I think it's tough for us just to listen to Fatch now at this point because it's like, yo, you, he was a bit negative about a lot of things and I think a lot of things happened and they kept it moving. Now, I understand Understand that Fauci is a world-renowned, intelligent, life-saving human being. Of course, I understand, but he's been trying to take away sports for a long time. I, I don't, I don't necessarily know if the sports fans are just going to be like, you know, yeah, let's listen to what Fauci is saying at this point. Well, you would assume that the NFL has a blueprint on how to do all this too. Like, like you said, Goodell's not just going to go up there and be like, oh, uh, we're going to have full stadiums next year and just have it be a bunch of bullshit. Like they've, this has been a you know what? heavy, heavily discussed topic for quite some time. Goodell now. might have to do a press conference about <laughs> six, seven days after that Texas Rangers one. <laughs> yeah, true. We thought, listen, we were wrong. Bob came in. <laughs> we would have taken, we would have done this right. Bob Manfred comes in, you know, screwed it up. We, now we, listen, we're not happy but apparently we're not there yet or he's going to come out and say congratulations to the mlb for taking our blueprint on what we were going to do for our stadiums to your one stadium in texas Mm -hmm. we appreciate the success and blah blah blah. it's either one of those two things but baseball by the way that might be the fourth day baseball there you go you know of the whole year opening day world series day big drama day in the off season Mm -hmm. and then also Full stadium for a first time post COVID. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. That's a pretty big day in this whole thing. Uh, Zito, go ahead, Bob. I'll redact my last statement. I was looking at Kansas City's tickets. The cheapest one for the Hex Rangers' first game would be 60 bucks in the nosebleeds. Oh, okay, so that does change a little bit of the conversation. Oh, yeah. 60 bucks is still a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, That's like very, very up there. It's a bigger stadium than Kansas City. So. It's a new stadium you yeah, said? Yeah, brand down? new. The uh, team we, sucks, though. Can we get to the poll? <laughs> Who are they playing in that game, by the way? Kansas City. Yikes. Rangers, Royals, no thanks. Oh, no, oh, no. Toronto Blue Jays. That's on, that's on me. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I thought you were saying what, what game I looked at. We got to it. Blue Jays got, got some sluggers. That makes <laughs> yeah. sense. That makes sense. Uh, can we talk about the polls, you know? The poll <laughs> yep. does have a little bit of baseball in it. And this is the only time baseball will be the first 20 minutes of conversation. Yep. We did sneak in some NFL conversation into the middle of it oh, to yeah. kind yep. of get back into our comfort zone. But it's a big day. It's opening day, especially in the world that we're yeah. in. Zito. What is the poll for today, and what are the results thus far? All right, so YouTube definitely likes this one. MLB opening day, do you care, with over 15,000 votes already. A fat, nope, 65%. Yeah, MLB opening day, do you care, nope, 65%. Yep, 35%. And we just spoke 24 minutes about it. This show stinks. Yeah. 65% of the people said, don't fucking talk I thought about it, it. I thought it'd be nope higher. I really did. 85 Opening day. What happened to the sport? Opening day. Sixty-five percent of the people voting on this poll at, at uh, on our YouTube page. Fifteen thousand people have already voted in the first like fifteen minutes here, and they're like, "No, we don't give a single damn about it." Well, what happened to baseball? I mean, I- why not? Why don't we get back to the days? Okay. Where McGuire was out there exactly. just eating every mm-hmm. single thing he could get. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Sammy Sosa doing the same thing. Yeah. All the pitchers on a bunch of stuff. Yes. Balls flying. 
Pitchers getting mad. Fights happening. Sellouts going on in the middle of the summer. Is there any chance we ever get back to those days of baseball? Now, I know those were incredibly unsafe days for the players, and I'm not saying we need to do exactly that, but do you think there's ever a time where baseball matters to the, the pop world, the lexicon of uh, Americana? Yeah, uh, honestly, probably. I mean, if, you, if you're if you not a baseball fan, it's not something you're going to, like, pick up and get into, really. Like, it's <laughs> it, I, it does have, like, especially with, like, how limited people's attention spans are today. Like, no one is watching a baseball game. So if you didn't grow up either – playing it or like we're a fan of it by the time you're young there's just no way you're gonna pick it up after you know what 15 or whatever golf needs to have an option to be 13 holes okay for like the the standard let the pros continue to play Mm -hmm. uh 18 and all that stuff but i would like the the ability to pick 12 13 holes and just kind of go on with it you know it's to the the last five might as well be four hours long at that point (laughs) if you're having a a bad day or whatever but nine yeah but it's not and you know what i mean there's like uh i think there's a fine balance i think if they could redo the game for today's standards that would have been a move i think baseball you drop that thing down to what five innings the world would be pumped about it it's the same thing though like they tried to do the seven inning double headers last year and it's just mickey mouse it changes the game so much because now like having a great bullpen is like a huge part of baseball and if you only do like a five or a seven inning game that kind of eliminates it you know teams are paying 400 million dollars for these pitchers and then it's like you know that guy can pitch five innings every single time it eliminates the need for a bullpen think about how many more viewers there are though then the tv deals are yeah. bigger then you do it i mean are they though just I mean, bring it's, back it's the old whites like they love how baseball is like yeah. they've tried to i think do a lot of things like speed the game up like you know pitchers don't have as much time in between pitches not like as have. much singing during the seventh inning stretch either huh that used yeah. to be in like, the ballpark for sure yeah, but on tv you really don't get it oh, i thought they tried to capitalize on time saving there and just take that out they do they still no, do that. no 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 that's that, that did we do stays. that in new york i think we left no we did it no yeah, yeah we, we did, did, we did, we did, we did it. it yeah we did it <laughs> we did it in the uh in houston as well oh, oh yeah yeah that's oh, when we yeah. got in yeah <laughs> true <laughs> yeah it was they finally let us in there are the yeah. baseball still juiced oh yeah oh Big right, time. Yeah. okay so like now that. it's juice the players <laughs> what was this two that <sighs> Come on. Let's just be done with this and bring back HGH. Let's get these guys hitting balls out of the park. Okay, so the fascinating thing there is, would that make the game better? Yes. Uh, I believe so. But do you you never read the first sentence of paragraphs from the NFL or the MLB or even me? Player safety is imperative. Yeah, I agree. You're just over there telling no, me yeah. needles no, over there. I completely agree. But hey, if you want to stick a needle in your body for an extra, you know, two hundred fifty million dollars, hey, let that be their yeah. decision. That does seem to be the baseball way, huh? Hmm. What was that documentary I watched where they were having a piece of gum Money that ball had ball. Uh, that would activate a S- test boost or a testosterone ball. boost in the middle of a in the middle of a game? Mm-hmm. They'd be stepping up to the batter's box, and yeah. there was some science that was created by who was the person down Anthony there? Anthony Bosch. Anthony Bosch. A screwball was the name. Yeah. Of the, yeah, what you just said there. Done by the Cocaine Cowboys documentary yep. guy. It was done very well, and they had this thing down to a science, and it was like all the players basically. A-Rod's name was at the top of it because he was the most famous, but the the way this dude was talking was as if he had every single baseball player. Mm-hmm. They had it down to a science so much that they had a piece of gum that they would put in, they would chew it, and then that would activate a testosterone boost that they already have in their body. So they would be able to boost their test or whatever for the game, and then it would fall back down for whenever they're going to get tested potentially mm-hmm. after the game. The science that baseball had to get to to become... 
you know, I would assume these players saw other people doing it. And then it was like, well, if I don't do it, I'm not going to get that. And then it became a culture where it felt like now we've talked to a couple people who said it's, it wasn't as rampant as we think so. I'm going to tell you from watching that screwball doc, that guy could have been full of shit. And he's a known uh, manipulator of rules and everything who was being interviewed in there. I mean, that's why the documentary happened. But the way he was freely talking about yeah. damn near everybody, it seemed like that was a big deal back in the day. They've cleaned that up completely now? Yeah, pretty much. I think there are still like some of those fringe guys that probably, because guys still get popped for doing it, uh, you know, from time to time. But I think it is just like with the NFL and stuff too, like you start to get like these better athletes that are playing. Like these guys don't really need, to, like the, the true really good guys they don't really need to take steroids other than maybe to come back from injury because the season's so long and so grueling oh so it's good for you we will talk about what's that steroids yeah hgh good for healing yeah it helps you heal quicker oh yeah yeah but it also does but it grows everything in your body including cancerous cells allegedly so like if you yeah because when hgh when i learned of hgh i was i was in the nfl and I forget how the conversation happened. Somebody might they might have started testing for it or something. Like it got brought into our into the the our radar, and I was just like talking about it. And I asked the one trainer about it. And this trainer, uh, athletic trainer, had had known about it. Obviously, doctorate in a couple of different things. And I was like, "What is this?" What is, and they started talking about it. Well, you recover faster. It's it's basically just like a fountain of youth. You don't get sore. Uh, everything is just you, because you recover so quickly. You can do like four workouts in a day because your your muscles don't get sore. And if you really wanted to, it's just it's that whole thing. I'm like, can we make this just available for everybody? Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, is there any way? And they're like, well, they don't know the long term effects. And also, if you have any cancer cells or anything else in your your body that's potentially bad it will also grow that so they don't really know that whole thing and i was like as soon as i retire i'm fucking getting this <laughs> I, 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 am, I am as soon as i retire i'm getting this and uh then i retired and i realized it's not just like the easiest thing to find like, mm-hmm. I, I guess you, i guess you can't just, yeah it's not on cvs i did look at that. i mean the day i retired i tried adderall for the first time Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to jump over a goddamn fence at one point. I mean, it was unbelievable. I was like, I cannot believe that there are therapeutic exemptions in the NFL where guys are allowed to take Adderall because they've talked to doctors. I felt like a superhuman. When I, it was the first time I tried it. And to be honest, I can't take it because it made me so focused on something. I was like, well, I, my brain is a, a I, I enjoy the fact that my brain does it. But I remember taking it. And I was like, God damn, there's people in the NFL on this. It makes sense why yeah, they yeah. are potentially crushing it. Locked in. The HGH thing, I thought I was just going to be able, like, the day after, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do HGH now. And I was like, no, that's, you can't. Go to Walmart, pick yeah, it's it up. Not, real quick. It's not just something you get. I guess it's very <laughs> difficult to find. But it, it, by all accounts, it sounds like that is the thing that really makes everybody better at everything. Yeah. And I think the baseball. I think it was big in there because I guess your hand-eye coordination gets uh-huh. better. Your your really? dexterity gets mm-hmm. the way that. it was like. Hey, you don't want any of this shit, man. You know what? Yeah. what it does all this. What's that? Dewey what's Cox. It? Yeah, Dewey <laughs> Cox. You don't want any of this shit, man. What's it do? Oh, it makes you you know more energized. Makes you happier. <laughs> you don't want any of this shit. That's kind of how the conversation was going. Whenever I had learned of it, and I was talking to like a doctor or whatever about it, and I was like, "So this is the greatest thing of all time." Well, there are some drawbacks, and it's like. Let me hear him. And then he was like, well, you know, cancer could potentially grow throughout your whole body. Which? Oh, okay. All right. That's valid. That is. (laughs) All right. That's pretty. And anything else you potentially have. I'm like, all right. It's not that easy to find, I guess. So it's like a cancer watch, though, during that time period of taking it. So like. Yeah, you're going to be under probably a watch, but you're doing something illegal. So who's watching you? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And does that person really have your best interest at heart that's watching? Probably not. Doctor, uh, patient, uh, what do you call that? Yeah. Can we just go with that? Yeah, but you're breaking a law, so now another law doesn't necessarily have to exist, right? Yeah. Sure, find a loophole. There are those. I guess mm-hmm. there are a bunch of them. I guess down in Florida, people are oh, yeah. in California. All mm-hmm. that shit. It's just going down. I mean, that's a league that would crush, right? Similar to how the XFL, not similar to how the XFL operates, but if there was a different MLB where everyone was just taking juice. <laughs> MLB Street or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Beat each up. Home runs. That would be just, pretty sweet. Just absolute gorilla men yeah. walking into the batter's box just swinging a guy as yeah. massive as Brock Lesnar just telephone pole you know what I mean? the XBL but also let's say the, the pitchers oh, by yeah. the way exactly coming. oh my we got balls yeah, yeah. Oh. 150 on the gun with a fastball man that'd be cool that'd be the most watched sport of all time okay so we need enough money and insurance. We're going to need a lot of insurance. Yeah, well, insurance. insurance. That's the thing about this league insurance. is that there is no insurance. You oh, jeez. You have to pay for your own. <laughs> your only refund will be escaping this death trap with your life. <laughs> That's right. Is this league that you just put together? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's pivot back to something we know a little bit about. Uh, it is obviously April 1st, and it feels like this is an April Fool's joke to you Packers fans, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Mark Murphy... President of the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. spoke about the Aaron Rodgers contract and future and everything yesterday in a press conference. And Rob Domovsky mm-hmm. of ESPN asked him the question, and this was the answer from the guy who basically runs the entire organization. Right? Yeah. This is this is the pseudo owner. This right. is the pseudo head of the Packers because Ty. In, uh, in his friends or the actual owners. <laughs> yeah. But this guy is the face of it. He was asked about Aaron, and it was, it was not how I expected a response at all. No, I, I can't really get into specific players. You know, we've been able to create room uh, with others. Don't you guys want to ensure, though, that he's your quarterback beyond just this season? Yeah, I'm not going to get into the specifics again. Good try, though, Rob. Okay. Oh, boy, Rob. Good effort, Rob. Good effort. Good one. What does that mean? It just Jeez. makes no sense. Because the guaranteed money is basically up after this season, so that's why everybody, although he's in contract for three more seasons, after this season all the guaranteed money done, which in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position or any high-level paid positions, the guaranteed money stops. That's basically when a contract's over because – the player's going to say something, and the team now is at a point where they can just cut the player. So everybody sees the way Aaron's contract has been constructed. They see the Jordan Love draft pick. Then they see him go MVP. And the initial thought was, is Aaron going to get traded? Like, is Aaron trade? Or, and then it came out, no, we tried. They said no. There's been no real talk about that. So then the thought was, okay, with the way contracts are being set up right now around the NFL, you would think if the Packers wanted him for the rest of his career, which is what he has openly said that he wanted to do, and then he has now come to the point, he told us on on this particular show, that he has a very uh, real view on how he doesn't control anything that could potentially mm-hmm. happen. Nope. So you thought that there was maybe whenever he was talking, a chance of, yeah, we're in conversations about maybe an extension to figure this out, maybe some voidable years to move some money around and all that. Instead, what Mark Murphy said there was very different. It was like, I'm not going into specifics. Get out of here. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is good? Do you not want Aaron Rodgers for the rest of his career over there? Are you not happy about what's going on? He just won the MVP. The NFL only gave him 35 seconds to talk Mm -hmm. and accept it, but he just... 
What are we doing over there, Ty? It just makes no sense because you know what the reaction to this is going to be. Not like a thousand out of a thousand times. Like it's not like he could come out and and I mean it just. Like you have to, you have to give more than that. Like, what are they going to make him have like another prove it year? And even if it's like, hey, we're in negotiations right now, like say a little something. Don't. I mean, it makes you know, it legitimately does make it seem like all hey, the shows. Fuck, fuck this guy, he's out of town. All like, the shows this morning were. Is there a beef between yeah. Aaron and the Green Bay Packers oh, yeah. after maybe the greatest year he has ever had? The team, the team had seemed to have more fun than they've ever had. He seemed to be tight with LaFleur, real tight with LaFleur and from the outside. So what are we what are we doing over there, Ty? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wish I had something. I wish I could tell you what the hell's going on. You'd think coming Bro. off an MVP season, it would have been a no-brainer where it's just like, Let's hey. set up a 10-year deal. Yeah. The last six are voidable. It's yep. actually only a four-year deal here. We'll give you this. We'll, it'll be a signing bonus. We'll be able to move this to this. It'll just be, hey, let's make this work pretty easily here. And it's like, not that at all. Aaron's over there in jeopardy, and they're like, "What is bullshit?" And Aaron's like, "The situation I'm in with my you team, guys. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> the situation yeah. I'm in with my team right now." You know what I mean? It's this is, I don't know. And I, I have not talked to Aaron since the last Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, so I have not. I'm not in his camp of people. He would tell how he's feeling about anything. But last season, you know, NFC ch- going into the season, NFC Championship. Don't really do much to try to get go back to the NFC Championship. Team looks even better. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, maybe the team knew that that NFC Championship appearance against San Francisco a year ago wasn't the team that they were, even though all year in the first year of Lafleur's offense, uh, they weren't really win. They were winning, but it wasn't pretty. Like mm-hmm. never, but made it to the NFC Championship. Who cares? They thought to themselves, year two, they're going to grow. We're, here we go. Didn't really do much to. They saw other teams: Chiefs, Niners, Tampa. Saints even. There was other teams that were like trying to go. The Packers were very calm about it. Then you go into the season, everything seems to be going good. You would think after the season it'd be like, hey, last year our thoughts were okay. They're pretty good. We get back to the MC Championship. This year, let's admit, let's admit fault. Okay, we should not have drafted Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is nowhere near the end. Let's try to go ahead and go for this thing. Let's renegotiate his contract. Let's get him in here. That's what I thought would happen. And if you're Aaron, I would assume you think maybe that'll happen as well at some point. I don't know if he did or not, but it that's wild to me what's going on in Green Bay. Yeah, it just stinks because after Jordan Love got traded, everything got perpetuated, and then he performed like he did. So, like you said, like going into this offseason, like I, I, you know there's going to be some stuff with like the cap being lower. Like, you know, and obviously like they're, they're, they were going to have to do something. But I really didn't – I expected it to be fairly quiet and to get done quickly, and I, I mean, I just – It doesn't sound like it's anywhere near. No, it doesn't. Writing's on the wall. Oh, no. Maybe he's. What if he was the Detroit Lion quarterback? He would, he would never. With Motor City yeah. Dan Campbell up he there? He would never. He would go down as the GOAT if he could win in Detroit. So, wow. so I think about Aaron. Cleveland? Could you imagine if. Green Bay traded Aaron within the division. That's how that's how they felt. Mark Murphy's like, fucking get him out of here. For to Detroit, fucking get him out. If there's one guy who could negotiate that, it is MCDC. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> Imagine Aaron on another team. We had to do a lot of that last year whenever Jordan Love was drafted. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to push him out. Him in a lot of different places would be incredibly dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe San Francisco drafts Trey Lance at three and, you know, 
I don't know. What? I don't know. They need him. To, they need him to sit for a couple years. Maybe they get a little bit more aggressive in pursuing someone. <laughs> Rogers' hometown team is the is the Niners. I don't know. Wow. Get something done, New England. Christ How about sake. Pittsburgh? New oh. England. Indianapolis. I mean, anywhere he goes, instant contenders. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're living yeah. in the year 2090 right now. Yeah. We are live in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Getting ready for the Toronto Blue Jays mm-hmm. in the New York Yankees to open up this MLB opening day. I'm Pat McAfee. Uh, pretty cool where we're at right now. At yeah. Ty Schmidt, I believe you're with me. Boston yep. Connor, you're with me. Unbelievable. What a stadium. fucking place we're at right now, huh? This is wild. I mean, I really do feel like I'm sitting inside of Yankee Stadium right now. Yeah. Oh, I, I do believe we actually are. I, I don't know how this works, okay? I have no idea how we are living in the generation that not only is creating little starships so we can have intergalactic travel okay that's uh-huh. happening yep. but we're also in the time where ready player one's a fucking thick we are at yankee yeah. stadium right now yeah. thank god we are in yankee stadium right now and i'm gonna try to bounce around here to a couple different things but this is absurd aaron judge how you doing pal that's right hit a fucking oh. homer today bub huh let's huh? go need you judge huh Let's go, dude. Thank God they have this, too. It's the only way I'd step inside the scumbag stadium. Oh, through a VR headset. Jeez Louise. Yankees stink. I don't, I don't think that's true, okay? The Yankees <laughs> have always had an incredible squad, and they invest in their team. That's right. Which is why I appreciate the hell out of them. Uh, it's obviously opening day. We'll be joined by Kevin Euclid. You- um, Zito, I don't know if you're in the stadium with us or I'm not. I'm not, no. You, okay, oh. can you tell us how many people give a single fuck that it's opening day? I think they would care more if they were here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of comments are saying the only thing you guys are missing is, like, concessions, like virtual concessions. Oh, 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 that would be oh, nice. Is that what you think? That would be nice. We need virtual yeah, concessions. We were prepared. Oh. There we go. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Um, man, we really appreciate that. <laughs> a lot of this is ridiculous, though. <laughs> What's that? Hey, <laughs> Miller Lights out there, man. <laughs> you want a nice long neck ice cold beer and broke my heart. I mean, it's opening day, kind of. Yeah, it's Bud Light here. It's Bud Light here. I will say, whenever we knew we were potentially going to be on the fucking field, yeah. yeah, what are the tickets like right now? Whenever we Where are you sitting? Uh, we're right behind home plate. Oh, yeah. no. Uh-huh. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, dude, it's pretty. It's... Sitting next to Billy Crystal pretty yeah. much. Get out of here. Yeah. Love yeah. Monsters Inc., Billy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for what you did. Great hosting. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. you, Bill. Great host. You're a great host, yeah. Bill. <laughs> Fantastic. How's Aaron look? Hey, he's big. He's tall. I told him to get have a fucking homer because he's at like plus 350 right now to hit a home run yeah. or something yeah. like that. And to be the first home run. Of the MLB season, I think it was like plus twenty one hundred or something, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Juicy. He's gonna hit one out. They're saying the wind is blowing away from us here, boys. Oh, Perfect. Shit. So the wind's blowing that way. Uh, Inner stadium today. Yeah, exactly gonna, what we need. Yeah, we were told it was blowing out to right field. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. There, there should be a lot of dingers today. There should mm-hmm. be. Uh, obviously, we got there. over here. They have the stats. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You see, like, the stats. Garrett Cole versus Mr. Seaman here. Yeah, you click oh, the thing oh. on the bottom, too. You'll get the whole entire field instead of just the home plate uh, get out little here. strike zone. Oh, yeah. Really? Uh-huh. It's unbelievable. Are you bouncing around uh, the whole fucking stadium? I'm messing around. Hey, get I'm back to your seat, dude. I'm everywhere. I'm in the grandstand now. These are my people, you know? I'm in the nosebleeds. <laughs> Mine mine just started saying it'll begin shortly. Yeah, mine's still sitting on this event will begin shortly. No, we're back. No, 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 we're back. Are we not going to watch the game? I just saw warm-ups. I just talked to Aaron Johnson. I'm watching Gary Sanchez take BP, boys. We're okay. It'll be back. Don't worry. We are all using the same login. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that... Oh, uh, you think they know that it's being used on 15 devices right uh, now? And the same IP address. <laughs> no way. I, I'm using downtown Bronx, too, so I think we should be okay. We can switch. No, it that's why you're okay. I think ours potentially. Uh, oh, no. no. You guys got kicked out of the stadium Baseball already? Thanks again. Baseball stinks again. Game over. So you've been kicked out of a virtual basketball game? Now, virtual baseball game. Anyways, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mitt, for the hot dog here with ketchup on it, which is the only way to eat it. Yeah, thanks for my mitt. Yeah, what's Clown the hell? Mitt? What did you get? He brought in, he had a lot of stuff. I didn't get anything. I asked for everything. When I went out there to take a little, uh, you know, uh, urine trip. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. He had a lot of stuff. I assume the behind the glass group is eating a lot of food right now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Manje yeah. Manje City oh, back yeah. there. Mitt did great work. He even he had a little thing he set up and decorated. Anyways, welcome back. Opening day. We try to, eating it all. Try to be at the, we're, we're watching the game now on TV here. We were in there. Yeah. Sitting in the stadium. Yeah. It's a bummer if your guy doesn't work because, I mean, all of a sudden I'm, in, I'm, I'm here and then, hold on, I'm in the stadium. No. Yeah. No. I'm in the stadium Is right it now. like that? I'm here. I'm in the stadium. I was come in on. the stadium. I was in, I was like that. And then it just, this event will begin shortly. Just shut off. I'm telling, it's bad. I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the stadium right now. I, I could be taking hacks from Garrett Cole if I really wanted. To. How's he pitching? Is he is the ball moving? Well, he's he's walking out to the mound now. But from the looks of it, uh, yeah, he's going to be throwing gas today. Oh, okay, okay, so maybe okay. take the under for. Uh, the Toronto. Team. Yeah, there you uh, go. Maybe maybe take uh, Garrett Cole's over for strikeouts as well if yeah. he's throwing smoke. I think yeah. the over-under is at 8.5 or something like mm-hmm. that. But there's also a same-game parlay you can hit right now uh, on FanDuel. And I think it's up to $10 off on a same-game parlay for one of these baseball games uh, that is plus 400 or more. Uh, you have to opt in. There's, there's, uh, but there will you get a free ten dollar parlay. Basically, right. there's a lot of options in baseball. Oh, yeah. for the same game parlay, I have a plus twenty five hunch parlay from a, a ten dollar. I have a there's a plus three thousand one I put together. Mm-hmm. The home runs like Aaron Judge, I think it's like plus two fifty or something like that just for this game. Yeah. Then if he's the first one of the entire MLB thing, it's like plus twenty one hundred or something. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of good gambling in this baseball. Thing. Oh yeah, for sure, especially in this first. I mean, like the the Yankees. Will hit home runs like that's that's what they're off. Especially with is the built wind, on. the wind uh-huh. blowing out to you know. I mean, the short porch out in right field. I, I mean, we're we're gonna see some fireworks today. I think. Well, they need to get the pitching here. All right, yeah. no come kid. on. What time does this one hundred five game start? Yeah, it's always a little classic. Late. What's going on in there? Vlad Guerrero yeah. Jr. Look, boys, I know the Yankees have Garrett Cole and everything, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. looks. Yoked today. Oh, he might hit three home runs, guys. I, I'm sorry. I'm looking at him in person. I mean, this guy's an absolute monster. Look out. It's not good for the Yankees, I'll tell you that much. Just the thought 
I want to let everybody know if you're listening. We you this oh, is tough. Yeah, yeah. Get it. This is maybe the toughest <laughs> big visual. And I, I should have led off with we're we're all in Oculus, an <laughs> Oculi in yeah. virtual reality world. There, whenever we learned that we could potentially be in the stadium as the game was starting, I mean, we immediately said, "Well, we're coming immediately back from the break." In an we're all wearing them. Yeah. Homework assignment. Bring in Oculi this morning. <laughs> yeah. Had to do this whole thing. We were pumped about it. I want to let you know, when you just gave that breakdown, uh, Vlad, right mm-hmm. there, uh-huh. and uh, with your mustache being really the only thing you can see <laughs> oh, true. with how you're outside, I'm looking at him. I mean, that was exactly what we imagined. I yeah. Think. So. Uh, Marcus Simeon stepping up. I mean, look, I, I was on the Yankees. I still am, even though I like the Red Sox, but this Blue Jays team looks tough, boys, and they're all up on the dugout. I mean, they're they're fired up down. Oh, the boys are buzzing. Oh, yeah, oh, they're buzzing. No. I'm nervous. We take the Blue Jays. I mean, no. ball one. Uh-oh, Absolutely guys. Hey, Garrett. Zito's got his glove out. Yeah, I'm ready to catch Zito's one. got his glove out. Oh, here we out. go. Oh. Can of corn. Here we can go. go. Can, can of corn. Can of corn. Oh, you see, you're ahead of the... Well, yeah, it's because I'm at the stadium. You guys have the delay. <laughs> you guys have the delay on the feed. I'm at the stadium. I'm watching it live. I'm sorry. We need strikeouts, though. Okay? Yeah. We yeah. need strikeouts, not cans of corn. All right, Garrett? Let's get him a little... Come on now. Okay. It wasn't can of corn either. Routine ground ball. Routine. What game are you watching? Are you there? That was a can of corn. I mean, it was it was a pop off the bat. But hell, if that guy can't if that guy can't get that ground ball, then what is a can right, of corn right. these days? Let's go to the phone, shall we? Let's go to Sunny in Toronto. Sunny, what's going on? What's going on, Pat? Shout out you guys. Shout out Pat. Shout out the boys. But yo, I want to give a special shout out uh, to an individual in the YouTube comment section. His name's Turk Davidson. He holds it down. So. Thank you, Turk. Okay, shout out Turk Ferguson there. Appreciate that. Thank you, dude. Thank he hung you. up, by the way. I don't hang up, but that's literally all you want to do. Give a shout. Big shout out to Turk Ferguson. Yeah. Thank YouTube you. YouTube community. What is Turk? Turk's holding it down in there. There's mm-hmm. a couple of people. Right. We, we got Russ T. Uh-huh. Uh, Trombone, I believe, yeah. is also in there. Mm-hmm. Foxy it Stinks is, uh, is always yeah. doing Foxy something Stinks like is always holding it down. Yeah. Boots the Passes, I believe, is yeah, in right. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pepe, obviously. Pepe's in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a couple more. Jinchu, Anthony, Attaboy's eight. <laughs> Michael. Yeah. Mike. Yeah, big yeah. Mike. 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 Big Mike. Let's go to Clay in Minneapolis. What's going on, Clay? What's up, boys? This is an absolute dream of mine. You guys are electric. Oh, thank you. You should see. This is a dream of ours, too, man. Yeah. We thought to ourselves, if we could get a good call from a guy named Clay, today would be a good day. Mm-hmm. Here we are, Clay in Minneapolis, making fucking dreams come true, dude. Thank what do you, you want to talk about? Hey, I'll take it. Let's go. Let's, so I'm a student go. at U of M. I'm studying sports management. I work with the equipment staff for the electric PJ Flex. It is my dream to work with you guys. So I'm just wondering, what is it like to look around and be like, wow, this is my job. I created this with me and my boys, this fucking masterpiece. Well, it's not a, Clay. Good call. Ended it with a complete bullshit statement. <laughs> this place is not a masterpiece. Okay, this morning, uh, there's, I mean, this morning we had a remote that didn't have any batteries in it. Yeah. And somebody was trying to use it, I would assume, for numerous days and just, well, it doesn't work. I guess that just, yeah. I guess that just, just doesn't happen. And I mean, I was here this out. morning. I'm at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, okay. so I, I don't know who did that, yeah, but it place, wasn't me. This place is uh, obviously filled with a lot of very, very dumb things and happenings. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we, I think we're all pretty uh, pumped that this is a job that we get to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, pretty well. Couldn't dream it up in a lab. So 
Hey, Connor, Connor been working construction before. Listen, yeah. this, this is, yeah. Gumpy was painting ships. The only issue with that, guys, we do not drink snake oil here, and it sounds like he's been guzzling that with PJ Fleck. Oh, you're talking about his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yep. He's he's all uh, the way. He's all the way in. I like PJ Fleck. More power to Me you. Me too. PJ came on and gave a speech on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are like, want this guy to uh, run for president someday. Yeah, say, right. Then he's going to come on again. I don't do speeches no more. <laughs> 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 Wide receiver up in Minnesota had a nice little forty this morning too. Really? Yeah. Hey, let's not talk about Winfield Jr., dude. He's he yeah. is absolute stud for Tampa. Needed Tampa needed him. Rookie out of Minnesota. Hey, PJ Fleck has turned that place around. Oh, yes. Yes. They got a brand, uh, beautiful facility they let us use. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big I'm a big Gopher fan. Row, row the boat now. Guy, row the boat. boat. Who oh, hates oh. Iowa? We hate Iowa. That's what Minnesotans say. Yeah. It's kind of a loser's mentality, but hey. Do you. Do you. You don't hear Iowa chanting, we hate Minnesota. Let's go to Corey and Shelbyville. The crowd was popping. Corey, what's going on? Who's that? That place, we hate Iowa. There was a lot of hate. I never heard something that loud. It was awesome. Yeah, Kind of a loser's mentality. What a what an answer there by an Iowa native. What do you want to talk about, Corey and Shelbyville? The show kind of stinks right now. We are distracted. This is the only time baseball matters, and I think we all have a rather significant amount of money on this particular yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about, brother? Uh, no, this show this show is the greatest show on the internet or or TV every day. Oh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what baseball you. trash you is. Doesn't matter. Can't have this. Uh, time, you guys might want to check one, on Mitt in the back. Those phones are staticky as fuck, and I don't think he noticed. Well, he was he's, he's the bomb. Yeah, he was putting together. He has yeah. been doing that as well, Always. but he was of CBD. That's by the right. way, of course. Yeah. CBD, CBD. But he's been putting together this uh, this game day uh, him and it yep. guy yep. thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got it's very well done. I don't know where the rest of it is, but it's very good. But For shout out to him. Prick. Yeah. What do you want to talk about, though, Corey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had a question. I, I was I was wondering if you guys were as shocked as I was that Jay Glazer didn't break the news on the full stadiums last week. If Big Rod is bringing it out this week, I figured Jay would have had it at least. That's a good point. <laughs> That's great. Listen, Corey, we didn't think about that. You know, we did not think about that. But I would assume he was in the know. You know, it seems like he was in the know. But Raj, I don't think he gets his leaks from the NFL themselves. You want to keep the NFL happy if you work in the NFL world. But we'd assume Jay Glazer knew a couple weeks ago. Obviously. The guy doesn't miss. Okay. So, shout out Jay Glazer. Shout out to our guest right now, though. Hey. Here we go. Here we go. Listen, it's baseball opening day. Yep. Okay. The New York Yankees. Boo. are currently playing the baseball <laughs> against Toronto that has nothing to do with the man that's joining us right now. Ten, over 10 seasons in MLB. Played for the Red Sox, White Sox, Yankees. Two-time World Series champion with the Red Sox. He's also the owner of Loma Brewing Company and Loma Coffee Company. Let's go. Fantastic. Love, Love it. it. Delicious. Fantastic. Both the coffee and the beer, by the mm-hmm. way. And I think the last time we talked to him, or one of the times we talked to him, he said, well, I got into the beer, and then I realized had to get into the coffee <laughs> as well the next morning. Yeah. And they created something that was absolutely incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, they're not booing him. Kevin, you... you- 
Julius, what's going on, Bob? How are you, pal? Good morning, good morning. Happy opening day, man. Hey, this is big day. We let off the show with this. Baseball has three big days in the sports world. Opening day, the final World Series game, like outside the baseball world, you know what I mean? And then whenever some ridiculously dramatic story drops in the offseason where Rob Manfred said something stupid. Those are the three days. Today's one of them. I'm so thankful you joined us today, Yuke. Oh, I'm glad to be here. You got to slide the hand, though. You got to get that hand up and start oh, sliding yeah. it down. There yeah, it is. Yeah, wow. There yeah, it yeah. is. And then I think yeah. you also did one of these as well, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. On the pole. <laughs> slide down the There you go. So, Good. There's a lot. Hey, yeah, there it is. Ooh, hey, man. were you pointing Don't that? You were pointing that straight at the pitcher? Yeah, it, it changed so much. Who knows where that the hell would that pass? <laughs> man, it was, it was there, it was here. Who knows? I mean, there's so many different stances you can look at, man. It's not how you look. It's, it's how you – it's like what you do after all that. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Yeah, the swing, all you got to do is make contact, right? As long as you're – if you're getting through it and you're making contact, what matters? It does not matter how you look beforehand. No, no, no. People call are, me uh, fat, yeah, though. It doesn't matter about Duke. looks. Yuke, when I played baseball one time, a lot of people on the internet said I looked fat in my batter stance. What's that all about? I have no idea what that means. I mean, people told me I look fat all the time. I, f- I think I look great. I look great. <laughs> uh, last, year, last year we talked to you before the state fair-like season was how it was being mm-hmm. described. Like, this is not baseball. It's shortened. There's a reason why you have bullpens and everything like that. It was changed baseball with the season, but had to do what they had to do to get through the season. Now, it's back to 162 games. Today's the first one. Have you had a chance to chat with people within the league on how much are they happy, much happier this year going into the season? Does it feel like pre-COVID season? Like, what is the mindset of the players and uh, everybody in the MLB as they approach this season here? Yeah, the the coaches, the players are excited. They're pumped. I mean, this is it, it's just back to a little bit of normalcy. But the number one thing, which is always the, the most crucial part of playing sports, our fans are back. When the fans get back in the stands, it's the adrenaline rush. When you play 162 games, you need the fans. I don't even know how they made it even through 60 games without fans last year because those backfield spring training suck. Like, I hated those days. When there's fans, it gives you that atmosphere of, like, man, I made it. And this is the, like, the, just the cheers, the boos, you name it, you know, the name calling. Uh, you know, walking in Yankee Stadium, seeing the, you know, the fuck you shirts. <laughs> one of my favorite parts. Uh, yeah. up. But that's the beauty of sports, right? Yeah. The in the baseball world, because you guys travel so much and there's so many games, it's just like it feels like it's every single day you guys have a game. I always wondered about the mental fatigue potentially that you could experience. I Now, obviously, with football, your immediate thought is like the fans are very important in football because defenses are going to have to run their faces into people. They need that adrenaline rush. But I would assume just for the sanity of a season, the different crowds or potential places you could go go to experience those are probably a little bit mood i would assume that is a big time mood boost in the draining ass season is normally that mlb oh you guys live on the road you're like rock stars oh we're we're, yeah you're on the road constantly you're waking up i mean at what you don't even know what time you're waking up half the time because your your clock's always changing you're moving different places but there was nothing worse than going to like I mean, luckily, the Red Sox, playing for the Red Sox, they travel, right? I mean, the, the fans are everywhere. Oh, yeah. They travel. They show up. But, like, there's nothing worse than going to Tampa Bay and playing in a stadium that is just dead. 
you know, it's hot, it's summertime. Luckily it's, you know, it's inside, but it's just mood setting. I mean, it gets you in the right mood when you're, when you go into like the old Yankee stadium, the new Yankee stadium is not as, as fun as the old one. And there's just packed people on top of you yelling and screaming. I mean, it also separated the great from the average too. the guys that like to get up for that game and have those fans on top of you and in your ear and telling you, you know, like I said, there's a lot of things we can't say probably here on the TV show, uh, on the on the is this radio is this TV or radio or both? Well, you already said fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So I did say that, didn't? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how much. Like I don't know I don't know what how much further you're going. I don't uh, think you should. I don't yeah, know. True. Yeah, but I do let it fly, big guy. Hey, yeah, let, let it, it fly. fly. Yeah, yeah, big we're guy. streaming, right? Yeah, it's right. all about the stream or yeah, whatever yeah. the hell we're on here. Yeah, the internet. But yeah, no, it's that that's the beauty of it, man. The fans, the fans like they make it. I mean, they, they make it happen. And there's no you know, and there's some stadiums that feel it better, you know, than others. And they and they shit talk so much in baseball. You got three and a half hours of shit talk. I mean, you go to Oakland, you're in the outfield. I played the outfield maybe one time in Oakland. And I got buried. Like, I, I was running all over the map. I'm not an outfielder. I sucked at outfield. And they're like, go back to first base. I'm like, please, tell my manager that. I'm ready to move back to the infield. Yeah, because in the outfield, by the way, those are normally like five, ten buck seats in the bleachers in some places mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. And that is normally a good time. When you go to the outfield, that is a good time you're out there. And the players are on an island. None of their teammates are with them. That They are literally just standing on a stage, but it's not really a <laughs> stage because it's lower than everybody. A stage yep. would be higher. It's actually lower than everybody. There is just a natural instinct in the outfield to be like, hey, you suck. Fuck you. Yeah. It is a natural instinct to do that. But I feel like we get a lot more moments where the outfielders turn around and there's a, like an interaction. I think those subtleties are, are what make baseball cool. Like, I, I think that type yeah. of stuff you don't get that in many other sports the the strike zone Yuke. um yep. is it not time to get rid of these umps it, it, let's on. get rid of these umps let's get the digital square on the screen let's just get get them out of the game get, we don't need somebody calling it tight down there we need well, on tv we see it's a strike it needs to be a strike you get them out of the game Yuke. are we doing that ever or no yeah, I don't know. I mean, now you're cutting jobs. I mean, oh, no, 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 no. Move them somewhere it. else. No, move them tech. somewhere else. You're going tech and unemployment's going down. No, 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 no. No, no, send them up. somewhere else. No, no, send them out to the outfield, you know, or somewhere oh, okay. else. Add another so the game gets better and there's more jobs, actually. Mm-hmm. And they can shit talk the outfielders. That's that should the, be their job. Umpires should move to the outfield and just shit talk players all game. <laughs> you, I, uh, every time I say that to people in baseball that are actual baseball fans, it's so they hate it. Like people like in baseball, it's like the strike zone is a, like that's something the game is about. The ump, what the strike zone is like. It's like those those kind of inside baseball things. And I think if you're not in baseball, you don't know about that. But whenever it gets to like the World Series or the playoffs and they have that thing on there and it's like that's clearly, clearly a strike. And I potentially bet on one of these teams that I know nothing about. No. Oh. Yeah, I did. Yeah, me potentially. Yeah. And it, it kind of fucked me over a little bit there. It's like outside baseball, we need to do this. We need to do this with hockey. It just happened with a ref getting a hot mic where basically it was exposed that in hockey there is like game management. And like if a bad call is one way, there's a makeup call the other way. And all the people in hockey came out and were like, we understand that that happens. That's our game. Baseball seems to have a lot of that, doesn't it? I think baseball has a lot of that stuff inside of it. 
You know the worst one is the 3-0. The 3-0 automatic call. I, that was my least favorite of all the calls. Like, if it's anywhere near the strike zone, they're like, ha! And I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. You're telling me, you, like, this guy can't throw a strike, and 3-0, I got to – wait, no, I can't go to – wait, what? Like, I'm so confused here. Like, no, no, we're going to speed up the game, but now you're not speeding up the game because that's one more pitch. And then the next one he throws in the dirt, and then you walk down to first. I'm like, guys – you got this all wrong. If it's a strike, it's a strike. It doesn't matter if it's 3-0, 0-0, 1-1, 2-1. Call the damn game the way it's supposed to be called all the time. So I'm in agreement on some of this stuff. But, you know, for me, it's not It's not my – It's not my. I'm not hung up on the strike zone thing. I know – I think also the box, too, from what I've heard, is when they used in the Arizona Fall League, the curveballs were being called strikes because of the box, but literally they're almost hitting the ground. So it's not all there yet. I think the technology will get there, and you know you can't you can't fight it, man. Tech always wins in the end. I'm here in Silicon Valley, and tech always wins. Yeah, a lot of things, by the way, they win everything. Yeah. All the things. Mm-hmm. Tech wins all grocery shopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tech won some. Anything that you think they're potentially not going to win, tech will win. You just said three zero automatic strike coming basically from the yumps because the 4-0 probably looks bad or they feel bad whatever the case is uh is there anything else like that because i remember like uh uh, bryce harper was getting into some shit with the uh baseball purist then last year uh old buddy uh was getting into some trouble with that it feels like there's a lot of like rules almost that the baseball community has and it seems like those are all kind of coming to light as more and more of them are getting broken is there more that we don't know about or and what is your kind of feelings on the the evolution of sport almost that is baseball wow it's like a dissertation i'm gonna have to write here wow do um, you really was, do you- that was i'm kidding man you, that was a good yeah, that was a really long and good question you asked there well i wanted but, to make sure i laid it out to people that don't know baseball too you know yeah that's true there's a lot of people out there that don't understand it but the, the big thing yeah <laughs> Yeah. This is really. The, I want to make you feel better, though, and I want to say there's a lot of people that don't understand it. Thank you. But okay. it's really just you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, the one that used to always get called, which changed immediately with instant replay, was if the ball beats you, you're on it. Like, they, they would tag you, but if the ball beats you, you're out. Like, even if you slid underneath the tag or got around it, you were automatically out. So that's one rule that's changed dramatically. Um, it's also the one I don't like, too, is the super slow-mo replay where if the guy slides off the base and he's up in the air a little bit, but he's been safe the whole time, and just that little glimpse of him being off the base, they call that. That's one I'm not a big fan of. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he, he was safe usually back in the day. Uh, but, yeah, I think the evolution of baseball is just basically this. Pitchers are trying to throw the ball as hard as the – they're trying to throw as hard as they can. They're trying to spin the ball as hard as they can, which is – Basically, I mean, I'm not going to get into that. You got, you're going to have to, you're going to have to Google that one. Spin rates. Hey, hey that kid can You'll go on spin it. Yeah, <laughs> that kid spin can rate. spin it. Yeah, look for a ball. Get a ball. But anyways, <laughs> spin rates are high. When you throw a fastball up in the zone, you get more spin. Guys are trying to swing and hit home runs, so their swings are going underneath more. Guys are pounding the top of the zone. You get more strikeouts. You're getting more walks. You're getting more hit by pitches, and uh, less balls in play. So for me. I'm not a huge fan of less balls in play because I like to see action. I think the fans agree with it. And baseball is just going to have to adapt and, and adjust over time because if the fans don't like it, you're going to have to change. But if the fans keep coming out, keep doing your thing, boys. So baseball success still going, still- huh? Baseball as a sport, a lot of still growing and growing in the baseball world, yeah? 
Yeah, I think so. I, th- I mean, baseball's always, I think it's, you know, I didn't look at the attendance uh, record uh, from like 2019 versus 18 and all that. Um, it's just changing, right? I mean, everything's changing in life with streaming. And now I think YouTube is taking over baseball in some way. So you can watch it on YouTube. But let's go. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, I think the hardest part about baseball is getting younger fans. And I, we, did, we just, we need to fix some things at the lower levels and younger levels to make baseball more exciting. You know, and that's pretty much my mission going forward is, you know, I can only change so much the major league level, but I can really help out the younger levels and try to change some things because we got to get this thing rocking, man. More kids need to be playing baseball. We need athletes. I agree. Can we get can we get the pitchers to relax whenever somebody hits a home run and gets excited about it? Can we can we get that to potentially uh, and on the flip side? Can we get some pitchers talking more shit when they strike mm-hmm, people yes. out? Can we get a little bit? Can we get more of that, or is is that something? Oh, you don't like it. You don't like it. Well, no. Well, for me, it's just it, it never ends well, man. I mean, it, it, it's always somebody charging the mound. There's always bench clearing fights, and that's it's going to happen, man. It's just human nature. When you get twenty year olds, right, that aren't don't have fully developed brains. I was there at one point. Science. You know, you you kind of get sensitive. You know, and next thing you know, it's it's go time. Everyone's out there, and then you got the one guy in the back that's like, hold me back, yeah, hold me yeah. back, hold me back. Yeah. I'm the craziest one, but I'm always in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Good for the game. Hey, in was- football, it's way different. I mean, football, they probably had that too. No. But you always, have the, you always have the craziest dudes, right? Like, well, I always say it's the DBs and wide receivers that are always getting in. They're always getting in fights. And then it's always the big dudes that have to come in. They put their hands on people, move them aside. But there's always the one dude in baseball that's at the back like – Come on, back and acting crazy. Yeah, you always. So in football fights, the West Virginia team I was on, people people liked starting shit with us. It felt like so there was numerous pregame like situations that happened, and when those things happen. You have to be on the film. Like, so, you know what I mean? Like, you have to be in, you have to, like, it does not matter. You cannot be seen on team film, game film, not being in it when everybody else is. So, that was something I think I learned in college. And in the NFL, there was a couple situations that popped off in my area. I, there's, uh, there's a film of me uh, that we watched in the, literally, Chuck, like, circled it at one point. I, a scruff starts, I put my helmet on. And I immediately just run right into the middle of it with no objective, no objective at all. I just went right into the middle of it, and then everybody kind of got pushed away, and I just kind of fell back and just started punting into the thing again. And, uh, and the question was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "Well, there's no way if I'm not in there, just some. Even if I'm getting beat up, if I'm not in there, we got big problems here, you know." And they were like. Just fucking stay out of it. Just stay out of it or whatever. But baseball, those... Yeah, what was your thought? What was your first thought when you ran in there? Like, I want to know what your first thought was. Like, who am I going after? No, that's not the thought. What am I doing? The thought is, okay, I should eat a punch here if anybody's going to take it. Like, the thought is, (laughs) I have to get in here. You know what I mean? Like, I have... And by the way, it was just like, it was something on the sideline, so I didn't go onto the field. It was near the kicking net. But it was just like a clean helmet on. Mm -hmm. Let me just run. I got nothing on anybody in this. I would get killed. But it's just like have to be seen on film. Those baseball fights, though, do you guys have mission? Are you guys trying to knock each other? Is that because they seem so intense, like at least the batter and the pitcher, there is so much intense. And then when everybody else comes on, how many people are like, ah, oh, fuck, like, all right, we got to go do this? Or is it like uh, all hands on deck whenever those fights happen where you got to swing? Well, you always have a certain few players 
that are always the ones that you have to worry about, right? Like, there's a couple players that you're like, oh, God, if that switch goes on, it's, I mean, there's going to be haymakers thrown. Um, I mean, there's going to be just craziness that ensues here. So it's always on both teams. So you always have to spot them. you know, the funny thing is, like, the uh, speaking of the Yankees uh, an opening day, this but, like, uh, Kyle Farnsworth, mm-hmm. that was a guy Ooh. that luckily he was in the bullpen, right, and he had to run out from the bullpen. If he's coming in off that – out of that dugout, we're all, like, like who's who's got him? Who's got <laughs> Kyle Farnsworth? And it's not who, it's six guys how out. many guys are going to take on Kyle Farnsworth <laughs> and, and get this going because – those the the thing about the baseball fights too, they get so stupid a lot of times. But when they start scrumming, like when the scrum and you get the pile, it is this all out nonsense because you got cleats, you got spikes. I mean, it is this you know, oh. some, you're coming out of there with something, right? But no one really throws a good punch, right? You're kind of all just hugging, you're kind of like doing your thing, and it, it feels thing, like you know, there's a lot of bad punches in baseball. Why is that? Why is that? Because you guys are just throwing like it's a baseball. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that, that's one thing I learned after, like, uh, it's funny, after baseball, I started doing jujitsu, and I was like, man, oh, shit. there was a lot of things I would have done differently in these fights. <laughs> <laughs> like, there had been a lot of different things I would have done that would have been a lot of fun. There was only one time I got a guy pinned down. It was uh, the Coco Chris charging, and I was on top, mounted. I was mounted. I was a perfect BJJ mounted. And just thinking about what I could have done in that situation but i didn't get in the fight so i wasn't as angry i think yeah. it you know it was, it was more the, the but you had a good flight position. Where you're in it. yeah you had a good oh, position yeah. though mm-hmm. in the person I, you, oh i was mounted it was it, it was oh. it like chill cold i could have you oh. know, got in on it could have could have oh you're oh, on yeah. his back you had his back no mount in mount so oh, he was oh, opening oh, up you could have oh, yeah. dropped some bones on yeah, yeah, it work Right, and then could have done the choke out, you know. The, yeah, there are so many things, but yeah, the side control. Yeah. So if you pull <laughs> up that right, pull up that fight because I know you have Sean Casey on sometimes. Sean Casey beat me out of the. Sean Casey gets thrown out at second base like I've never seen on balls hit off the green monster to 380 <laughs> in right center field. He is on a full sprint out of the dugout, and I'm running out there as fast as I can. Sean beat me in a race to the freaking pitcher's mound. I I was somewhat excited for him. To see speed finally in his life, but I was also embarrassed by the time I got out there that I was I was chasing Sean Casey to the pitcher's mound. But that, that Coco Chris fight is pretty amazing if you go watch that one. Johnny Gomes, watch the Ooh. watch the punches he throws. Hey, so, so he knows what the, the interesting thing is, and by the way, shout out uh, that you're in, doing jujitsu. You rolling every morning over there. You you getting people to tap out? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I I think I've been tapped out more than I've tapped out people. I trained uh, jujitsu one morning. Uh, mm-hmm. It was me, Matt Mitrione. Uh, he was—he's not. I don't think he's a known jujitsu guy either. He tapped me out three times in one minute. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Broke wow. both of my arms at one point. <laughs> Could have broke. But had me in a double arm lock. It was. Uh, couldn't even tap out. I had to do it with my oh. foot. Uh, Dude, you, you get in the weirdest position oh. possible. Your your arm and is over here, and next thing you know, you're like, I, I can't. How do I tap? Yeah. You try to figure out how to tap. Yeah, and you got thighs. BKJ on. is where it's at, man. It's uh, it's a workout. It's hard, and you know what? It's humbling as hell. You learn real quick that both, oh, I think I'm tough. Arms. You're like, no, I'm not tough. I got to keep going here more. Ty, what do you have? Yuke, have you heard anything about the, uh, like, COVID protocols from guys and, like, how it's going to go? Because I feel like last year, like, doing that through a 60-game season in terms of, like, how guys prepare for games might have been a little bit easier than this year when you're going to have to do that kind of stuff before 162 games. you think that's going to impact any guys? 
Yeah, I think uh, I haven't heard too much about the protocols and how they've changed. Uh, my wife and I were watching the basketball games, and can somebody please explain why they put all the chairs next to each other on the court in the timeout, but then off the court they all have to sit like 20 feet apart? <laughs> It doesn't make any do, sense at the time. So. They do sprint those out. And just, <laughs> yeah. They sprint yeah. those out. They're all like getting in. They're all getting in like team. But then it's like, whoa, spread out, spread out, spread out. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That but is... I, hopefully they all just get vaccinated as soon as possible. Get You know, get these. And listen, I know we, we have to get everyone vaccinated. But, you know, the, this is our, a lot of entertainment value for a lot of us. So if we can get everyone vaccinated as soon as possible, whether it be fans, players, let's get this thing rocking. Now, I'm sorry I was distracted while you were talking about that. I think that's in every sport, by the way. College football has that happening mm-hmm. right now. Yep. I think the NFL is having that same conversation. Yeah, I, the MLB, same whole thing. I'm watching a fight. A guy just pegged you in the middle of your back. He, You sprinted out, threw your helmet at him. Then you did this number here. Do you remember this? Is this the fight you were referring to? Yeah, I actually did. Yeah, I actually did a podcast about this. Uh, so, uh, we, did a, we did a reenactment play-by-play. I looked at one point, my left foot is right behind my right foot. Horrible form. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, I don't know if you, Troy Evans played for the Saints, was the captain of the Super Bowl. He texted me the next day. He's like, dude, horrible form. <laughs> On the helmet? I was like, I know, I was high, but I didn't realize he's 6'6. And next thing you know, like, oh my God. Oh, okay. But the whole thing was funny because I got hit the night before with 97 in the ribs because we hit Miguel, uh, Miguel Cabrera okay. got hit. And so they retaliated. Edwin Jackson drills me 97, one of the ones that goes boom and goes straight down. Anytime you see the ball hit somebody and go straight down, it hurts the most. So when you're watching baseball, that is pain. What? So I even went to Jim Leland. I was like, I'll, I'll take it tonight. I'm not taking it again. Next thing you know, Victor Martinez in the first inning. Or, well, sorry, Miguel Cabrera gets hit again the next day. First inning, he's out of the game. Victor Martinez hit in front of me. They throw, like, literally cheering music. He gets out of the way, pops up the pitch. I go out to the field. I lead off the next inning like, oh, nothing's going to happen, right? I got hit before. I believe Jim Leland. First pitch, Jim 94, Leland. hits me that far from where I got hit the night before. Jim and I just Leland. I was like, I'm going to run to the mound. I'm going to sprint. Next thing you know, he's like running the other way. I'm like, oh, God. This is a lot crazier than I thought it would be. <laughs> he did not run towards you. He no. actually was trying to attain the bull. Attain the bull. Normally, a pitcher will go towards you. There is it, is this fight why you started doing jujitsu? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, I was way past my prime then. Like uh, when I started, uh, you know, I was I was retired. I was bored as hell in life, and I was like. I can't go to the gym every day. I need I need to do something. And I also live in California. You know, there's a little bit of laws here that are a little crazy. So, you know, I can't I can't use certain you know weapons in California. So oh. I might as well make myself a weapon. So you're going to become listen. Mm-hmm. Here's Ooh. yeah. So if that guy walks into my house with a weapon, jujitsu, throw it out the throw it out the window. It ain't going to mean shit. Hey, can you do one of those cool things uh, where you like? You know what I mean? Uh, Take disarm someone? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's captain now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, can you do one of those things? Try to get work that gun. If somebody breaks into your house, after. yeah, if somebody breaks uh-huh. into your house, please have the Simply Safe cameras rolling. Try to do that one in there. I think that'd be cool to watch. That'd be good for all of us if you could do that. Yeah, you know, it, that would be uh, that would be the highlight of my life if that ever happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, who's going to win know. the World Series, Yuke? Oof. Gosh, the tough questions here. It's going to be hard, man, not to pick the guys that won it last year. Uh, they're fully loaded. Uh, the Dodgers are fully, fully loaded. 
uh, that that team is just super stacked. So to go against them and go against the Vegas odds would be tough. Uh, some of the craft shoots that we you know we went over. We I did a whole list of this with my buddy, but I got Dodgers versus White Sox. I mean that's pretty wow. easy um, to put out there. The White Sox are looking really strong. Uh, they got you know just they're loaded. They're fully loaded. They got an old school manager coming, so we'll see how that happens with Tony Larusa. But looking over, you know, all these teams, I think they just, you know, it all depends on pitching. Whoever has the best pitching, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna win the World Series. So and that's honest, who I got. And honestly, like most years, what happens in the first hundred games does not matter. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Don't worry. Don't worry about the first month. The first month is like, you see the fans that are on teams that kind of stink. We'll say kind of stink. Yeah. Average that are hot. That's the hottest they'll be all year, and that that's it. And then you're going to see some teams that, you know, they might even be 500 in the first month, and they're going to go on to win 100 games. So uh, baseball's funny like that, and it's kind of a, you know, you, you got 162 for a reason. You got to play those last 81. The, the last 81 are the most important. After that, you know, all, you know, I guess it's a little bit before the All-Star break, but after the All-Star break is when baseball really, really picks up, and you, you see who's going to make it. All right, well, we appreciate you, Kevin. Mate, you are the best. I appreciate our conversations. Good luck with the jujitsu. Good luck with the beer. Good luck with the coffee. And we appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. And NFL Draft, great month. April, baby. Love you, this month. You're yeah. right. It is. It is. The NFL Draft teams could get better yeah. or, wow. or worse. Or worse. Or worse. Yeah, or make some bad decisions. You got MLB opening day. Mm-hmm. You got March Madison. No, March Madison's day. National Champions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a good month. Huh? This is a good month. The great month. And the question is, are you going to announce another pick? No, nah, I don't think they're going to have me out there. The orangutan's coming back. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Euclid. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My Whoa. God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, no. minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30 and the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those problems where you're like, oh, wait a minute, Uh, which can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm-hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, zinc, magnesium, and 
ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Joining us here in about a moment or two is uh, the the baddest dude walking uh, the rock that we're all currently floating through yeah. space on. Yep. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The heavyweight champion, uh, Francis Ngannou, will join us. I was doing some research Ooh. earlier. Uh, about him, you know, so mm-hmm. I could have, you know, respect for the king. You know, I'd like to right. I'd like to have a little bit of respect here. No, he has one of the most fascinating journeys to the top that I think the sports world maybe has ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- we're talking whenever the documentaries are made, when the books are written, whenever uh, like 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years from now, whenever the UFC is a publicly traded company and it's uh, very well, like much more, it's huge, but I'm just saying even bigger, they're gonna tell stories about this human that's about to join us in mm-hmm. his, his entire life schedule. It is, I'm pumped for this one. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited for this. You know what I mean? I don't know if I've really seen very many interviews with him either. Like, you always see him, like, knocking out guys, but because he hasn't been the champ, I really don't feel like I've seen him do very much media. He was on with Helwani the other day, (laughs) and I will watch it after this. I didn't want to watch it because I wanted to, you know, have fresh... But it seemed as if coming out of that interview, it was getting quoted everywhere. It's because the story of the dude is unfucking believable We'll get a chance to chat with him in about a minute or so. Yeah. Also, we'll cover some things happening in the MLB opening day. The Yankees are still in the lead over the Toronto Blue Jays. We all have a rather significant amount of money on the team that wears the pinstripes. Shout out to Frank Abagnale and his father. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening day is big day for baseball. Maybe the biggest day that they have all year. Ty's been loving this, celebrating oh, yeah. during the break. Mm-hmm. Just loving everything about this as baseball will float back into irrelevance uh, immediately start tomorrow. Yeah, pretty much. Today is the sprint. You know, you get all 30 teams are supposed to be playing today. Two games got canceled, but everybody's playing today. And then after today, you kind of settle in. Okay, now the marathon starts. Now we get into this sport. Exactly. Uh, there's stuff happening in the NFL, mostly drama. Uh, quarterback pro days are happening all over the place. Mac Jones is slowly emerging, it sounds like, as the guy behind Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. For whatever reason, Mac Jones seems to be there. Trey Lance, who uh, Dan Orlovsky actually complimented massively about everything that Mm -hmm. he does uh, shortly after what he said that he heard about Justin Fields, but nobody... Nobody seemed to no, no. hear that particular part. Huh. But it feels like these quarterbacks, and if you think back, Joey Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua, and then you think back to the wide receivers that are drafted or coming out early or as young rookies like dominating, it feels like, and, and the stats don't say this at all, the stats say that a majority of these first-round quarterbacks that are drafted are not going to end up on their team 10 years from now. Yeah. Hey, there is an alarming graphic that we displayed yesterday, and we actually honed it in even a little bit more for today 
Quarterbacks in the first round, there is a chance, a good chance, that three to four out of these six guys we're talking about currently, big bust. Oh, yeah. yeah. It may be not bust as in, like, uh, is absolutely terrible. But we're saying getting in, kind of doing the thing, maybe nine and eight, maybe six and 11, like Ooh. that whole thing. That's that's a very possible thing. How many guys, if you're a first-round quarterback, that have a lot of buzz? This year, there's six guys, it feels like, that are really getting buzzed. How many of them are going to really make it? And that's the thing, like, as Orshlovsky was getting buried yesterday on the internet, I was thinking to myself, like, in five, six years from now, I wonder if Orlovsky, if Justin Fields goes on to be an absolute superstar, will say that obviously the people that told me the information were completely wrong. And if it ends up being, which is very there's there's a chance that could happen i'm not saying justin fields doesn't have all the intangibles to be great but there's a chance that uh trevor lawrence isn't i mean there's Mm -hmm. now that's just the way the nfl is in this Mm -hmm. whole thing i just i'm very fascinated to see all the hype that has been made around some guys because in the men's league there's only so many spots Mm -hmm. and there's there's players that are holding some of the positions that are trying to get that are like Mount Rushmore of all-time football players. It's not like these positions just open up and it's easy to get and be great. Once you get to the NFL, that's when it almost gets even harder. It's like, I'm really intrigued two, three years from now how we view this draft class because there's been a lot of conversation, a lot of debate, a lot of moving, and it will all be very clear four years from now, five years from now, who was right and who was wrong. Well, it's a whole different league. Like you said, it's the men's league. And think about how we view Kyler Murray. I feel like I at least view him as a very good quarterback. The best he's done is what, 8-8? Eight and eight? And there's a chance, by the way, that people don't think Kyler Murray has lived up to the hype. And mm-hmm. he is, when you watch him, he's fucking unbelievable to watch play football. Yeah. There's just so many things that have to go into it. We can have all these conversations conversations about who hey who is throwing the ball off balance better who's mm. not doing that better who's doing all this stuff but at the end of the day where they get drafted the situation they get dropped in is going to be a massive determining factor yeah. on whether or not they have success so it's a, i feel like there's a lot of conversation happening about something that might not even be a level playing field anywhere wherever they end up at uh we have to pivot back to somebody who's got absolute Ambient in yeah. Yeah. Okay, we can put you right to sleep. Advil PM, Tylenol PM, mm-hmm. Ambient, whatever it is. Just an absolute monster of a man. But also, maybe one of the most fascinating lives that the world has ever seen. Not just the sports world, the entire world. The UFC heavyweight champion of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Francis Ngong. Yeah! How are you, man? Let's go, baby. Let's hey, go. How are you, boss? How's life as What's the champ? Guys? How's life as the champ? Oh, uh, life is great. <laughs> life is great. You know, life uh, has always been, I mean, lately, life has always, uh, has, life has been awesome, nice with me. And um, things, I, I find a good angle to look at life, you know, good perspective to view life. Uh, switch until I get to the angle that I see. Then I have, I have the nice view, and then I stick there. Then you see that life is good. Okay, yeah, I would assume life <laughs> yeah. is good, uh, Francis. I want to talk about how. Um, 
And we have this graphic. So we did some research on you. Your life, basically, is one that they'll make movies about. Your life will be movie. It'll be a documentary. There'll be books. It'll be everything. Heavyweight champion of the world who had to overcome a lot of things. Are all these things that we find on the Internet accurate? Born in 1986, forced to work in a sand quarry at the age of 10. Is that real? And what is that? Oh, it's definitely true. And uh, yes, as you said, the only thing that I have always think about it uh, primarily uh, was the book. Obviously, um, the documentary uh, is being uh, is being working on. But the, the only thing that I have been thinking of, like for years and years, even before I discovered MMA, was uh, a book. And uh, I had a title of a book um, named. Uh, born slave, become king. Oh. And I think this is the absolutely the right moment to claim that uh, title of the king, you know? So, um, yeah. As far as for the book, I'm sure and certain of what it's going to be like. Um, I mean, uh, the writer might have uh, some proposal uh, for the title, but what, as long as he stick around Hey, that's an unbelievable title. It tells the story of of your life from Cameroon and then trying you got rejected from Europe like twelve times and there was a chance that you could obviously fall into, you know, gangs and things like that. And then you get arrested in Spain whenever you do that. You become homeless in Paris, then you sign to the UFC, and here you are six years later, heavyweight king of the of the fucking world, that's amazing. That's unreal. I mean, uh, I think from my perspective, I don't really realize uh, as for now what is truly going on. But I just think uh, uh, I'm just trying to connect from my past to to what is going on right now, and uh, that's how I I'm kind of able to like. Um, get into this thing and understand like exactly how it's working you know and he, he just seems like somebody like like some story i don't feel like, like it's my life you know because yeah it's crazy i still can't believe it uh how the uh, different uh from like let's say just 10 years has been how big that has been you know from my small place in uh, in Bati ten years ago, in uh, in Cameroon, doing all these little jobs to survive, and uh, ten years later, man. Well, I think. Francis, yeah, I think the amazing thing, and it's right behind you, literally, you have the Arc the Triumph and the Eiffel Tower sitting right next to the heavyweight championship, I believe. And if the story's true, there's a chance when you were homeless you probably slept. And this is and this is like a Washington or the monument of Washington. Oh it's a gift for a friend. There's a White House, World War Two. Um, all those stuff that are in here. Jeez. The Lincoln Memorial. And uh, yeah, it's the entire world right here. <laughs> yeah, 
what that's, that's what your story that's what your story encapsulates by the way and it's captivated everybody at this point whatever you yeah, had the f- I, I, i'm a citizen i'm a citizen of the world of blue i'm a global citizen you know um i have a i'm a citizen of europe by france uh, i'm a citizen uh, of cameroon by born and raised and i'm a citizen today of uh, the united states of america by uh, making him my new home with my new family here. Well, I want to. We're all lucky to have you. Yeah. Like, we're all. We are all lucky for you to claim home in our our place because you are a fantastic. Let's get to the fight that you just had and one that's potentially coming up. Whenever you after the fight with Stipe, uh, there was a interaction between you two with the microphones that was caught, and it was basically you said to him like you you brought out the best in me. You you bring out the best in me, and you guys like dapped each other up and you hugged. What was it like getting? Pre- uh, prepared for the championship fight against Stipe, and then as soon as that thing's over, what are your immediate thoughts that are potentially rushing through your head? I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I said to him, and I told him like uh, it was an honor to share uh, the octagon with him. Uh, I think he's, um, he's by far the fighter, the fighter who uh, brings out the best of myself, because like, uh, if you see uh, most of the improvement in my uh, game, in my fighting IQ and uh, my techniques and everything. Uh, I'm going to tell you something what is true. Stipe brought that out of me. Stipe brought me to a motivation. Like in the past three years, uh, he was like my nightmare. At the same time, he stood as my um, motivation because my all goal was to, like, my goal uh, was to uh, get better and to fix what uh, he exposed, he exposed about me, huh. you know, uh, what he made me mistakes that I understood, what he heard me to understand, to understood about myself, to fix it. And uh, I think that's just how fighter, um, we all grow together and somebody help somebody to uh, impact somebody. Like, and, and I would always say this, you know, the first time I fought Stipe, obviously I lost the fight, it didn't go my way, but listen, uh, the reality is, like, in the bottom of my heart, like, right away, I knew that that was probably what I needed at that moment. Not okay. what I wanted, but what I needed yeah. in order to get better, to improve. Because I was, before that fight, um, I wasn't mature enough to, be, to handle this level of competition. And I had a lot of thoughts in, on my mind, on, in my game. And I was, by myself, concerned about a lot of things asking myself okay what happened when this happened when ha- what happened in this situation obviously i've been here knocking people out and get here so fast but what experience do i truly have about this game it's honestly none you know <laughs> not as much so um i was having all those thoughts all those questions and just after that fight i realized that this is the first time that I really, and the best experience that I could expect to have out of some fight, and to know exactly where is my limit, uh, what is my, um, what is the whole on, of my game, and everything. So uh, from that night, from that fight on, I tr- I understood, I became a different fighter, and um, and I kn- and I knew that. 
if he wasn't of that fight, if I have won that fight, later on, he would have uh, cashed me. He would have caught me because I would have made that the same mistake that I did in that fight. Oh. Since I learned the lesson, and he would have caught, caught me in the, even in the worst position, even when I would be higher. So I think it was a perfect time just to stop me uh, before uh, I get very high. So I, I fall just before get in the in another level. So I, I, I have this experience, you know, like when you get in the mountain, how to stay there, how to uh, deal with the wind uh, coming from uh, all over with the speed, the power and everything. I had this experience. I went back, I resettled, I worked on my base and all these things. And uh, obviously I came back um, better as a fighter. Well, that's a great answer, by the way. And I think your experiences are what lead to your maturity, not only in life, but also in whatever sport you have. So whenever you go through that experience with Stipe before, the fact that you utilize it as motivation instead of, you know, potentially starting to doubt yourself is basically the story of uh, your life. I think everybody that was around you at the time would probably be like, OK, yeah, he lost. But this is we are going to conquer this whole thing. When did you when did you get introduced to fighting? Because Africa has three champions now. Is it something that's going to continue to block? awesome in Cameroon and is that a big thing down there fighting and did you play soccer growing up what did you do how did you get introduced to the fight game because it feels like you were created for it at this point yeah. you just you're you're unbelievable at it um I love the sport since the first the first day uh, that I can remember of my life I always love fighting I always love uh, everything, any, everything about like combat sport, about uh, action, um, movies. That was my like my best thing. I remember seeing like uh, what was that? Uh, Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Bloodsport. And we were like just a kid. Then after that, I went to the uh, because we were living in the village. Then I went to the to the farm and then start kick banana trees and then. <laughs> broke them up and then after i get punished of breaking them up because i'm like okay you're spoiling food because <laughs> this has to produce food uh, food and you're spoiling them and we're gonna starve here you know and then i started put like sand in the back and hang it up and then box, box it kick it you know just excited about it everything that was uh, connected about like fighting and power was the most exciting for me. Obviously, in Cameroon, fighting wasn't um, fighting wasn't the, uh, the most popular sport. But he was soccer. But he, soccer, I played as everyone plays soccer. I never dreamed of becoming a um, a soccer player, even though he was the most famous one. I had a passion of something who was the fighting. Uh, but at the meantime, I was always about like uh, my reputation not to have a bad reputation as my dad. So that kind of like hold me back a little bit from, from being aggressive or from putting myself in fighting uh, or uh, around. So um, until I was like 13, when I was at school with all this frustration for always being pulled back at school, always being humiliated uh, from not having pen or uh, book, note, notebook or uh, clothes, shoes or scholar fee, always been uh, a shame of that and by the age of 13 I, I remember exactly that moment i was so upset about my life then i was like okay the all these kids that look 
look look at me like I'm nothing, like I haven't done nothing, I'm I'm so bad. Technically, I'm even better than them because like the the minimum that I have, I earn them. I work, I know how is this work hard. I mean, I'm still 13, but I'm doing the job that is um, mean for adults. And I'm going out there between adults, find my sport, try my best. Struggle. Luckily, I had like power, power, uh, power always being on my side and oh, helped me to over, to um, over manage those situations. So I was able, even though I was just 13, I was strong enough to be able to handle certain uh, work as such as a, uh, uh, my uh, sun quarry. And um, I had that frustration. I'm like, okay, like at this point, because I was just rejected by other kids, like didn't, wasn't a good profile to be a friend. You know, kids like to have a cool friend, a friend that brings that cool new stuff, who sometimes will be, uh, will impress them with something, uh, or sometimes will just have a good lunch, um, you know, but I, I was, the, the one always starving, never had something to eat at school. Uh, so why do some kids want to share his, his food with you, knowing that you can you don't have any, you can have something to share with them someday. And uh, then I was, uh, retreat, I, retreat my, I retreated myself, being myself always like uh, lonely and thinking. And that's how by the age of 13, I get to, com I combine that, my love with uh, with um, everything involved, power, my uh, reputation, my need of having a good reputation, and not get involved in like uh, fighting, uh, street fighting, and uh, the fact that I want to prove them something. I ha I had to. I wanted to prove something to those kids. But at that point of time, it wasn't not just to become normal anymore because becoming normal would have would have been wouldn't be seen by those kids at the time. So in order of that, I had to do something spectacular. I have to do something that's going to put me in the, uh, uh, in the scene, the step, the first step. So I combined all those dreams and then suddenly with my love uh, of like a uh, combat sport, the best thing that I find that can be like my, my job, my everything was boxing. But still, even though I love boxing than anything else on earth, there wasn't a gym around in 50, mi 50 miles. And I never been in the gym in my life. I never step in the gym. I never see a gym in, um, with my eye. So I had this dream, how to, how to do it, you know. I carried this dream from 13 until I was 22. And 22 was, 22 was the uh, the moment that I'm like, okay, uh, I'm running out of time. This is getting out of control. I need to take action. I dreamed for long time, for so long. It's time to take action to pursue this dream. Obviously, as they always say, as they said, he might not become true because it's hard, because nobody has done it. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe I'm losing it. I'm going crazy, as they're saying. Yeah, maybe that's true. But guess what? I had something that I know that I really wanted. 
So what does really matter in life? I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it a shot. Maybe he won't work. I mean, and like, maybe, uh, and maybe you end up being the heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the goal. But listen, from where I was to like truly believe that was really hard to believe. But, but I take it like step by step. I'm like, okay, I'm giving myself a, myself a shot. I'm going out there trying this, and then do what give my best. It might not work, but guess what? I'm going to give all. I'm going to look at myself a few years from now. I'm, I tell myself, okay, I failed, but I tried my best. So that was, that's the matter the most. And uh, that's how it started. And people was like, even my family, they were like, you're losing it. What the hell is that? Find yourself a job, you know, trying to get, build your own little family. I'm like, yes, I, I might do that. But in which, which end? Like, I'm going to have a family, have a kid they're going to end up in the same situation that I have been to. And uh, maybe they won't be uh, as lucky as I was to have like a, a spiritual uh, uh, guidance who guide me and keep me away from all the bad things and always help me to think straight. So if I don't have that, if they don't have that, how they're going to end up, you know? So uh, I want to at least try my best to give them, to be able to offer them something different than what I had, because I know how hard it is. It, it is. I know how different, um, unfortunate way this can go. So I want to do my my best in order to like eventually have my family out of this situation. Let's let's do it. Let's give it a shot. Few years is not bad anyway. I don't have much to lose. Yeah, uh, at this point. And uh, that's where I when, when I start when I started boxing, but uh, yeah, then very quick I realized that they were wrong. You know, he get very tough. I couldn't afford a uh, sneaker to train uh, and anything, and I was supposed to. I, I had to support my uh, uh, the charge of everything by myself. He get very tough. On top of that, I got sick which make it even worse. So I abandoned boxing, but not the dream though. Um, until like four years later, I because I understood that being in Cameroon, I won't go any far uh, than my nose. So. Hey, but now, hey, listen, now you are, because you had these big aspirations, big dreams, there's other, hopefully, young women and men from wherever you're from that are thinking to themselves, you know what, I saw, I saw Francis do it, mm -hmm. I saw him go do it. It's like your big aspirations that everybody probably called you crazy for is now going to be something that everybody else is going to try to hopefully duplicate. They want to get it out there and do it. So congrats on, congrats yeah. on that, Francis. Um, last thank you, thank you very much. Hey, and, no. uh, listen, I think this is the best part. Best, the best part about it, and uh, I always love it. This is like my personal reward. Something that nobody can take it from you. You know, like when I go home, I see those kids uh, today. They believe in something. They believe that it can happen, which is something that uh, 20 years ago nobody would have believed. I remember even when I talk about boxing. Um, even when I started, even my mom, people thought, everybody thought I was losing my mind. 
and even my mom, my mom say, listen, son, um, you know, uh, I support you. I'll always be on your side, even when you're losing it, you losing it as, as right now. <laughs> I'm always on your side. I'm like, thank you, mom. Uh, well, I mean, if you're kicking down banana trees, I feel like you probably had a pretty good idea that you're going to be okay at this thing. We're happy you obviously. Thank you for telling us that, by the way. That was an incredible story of maybe one of the most interesting stories I've ever heard in my entire life through from a right that your book, hey, your book, yeah. the book we cannot wait for. But a uh, quick question here before the boys have one as well. Um, I saw you say, you tweeted out something about like, uh, you don't care who's next. Like, and then you signed yourself. Uh, sincerely the king whoever Jones uh, obviously the beast Lewis Stipe there's a lot of conversation right now about who you're going to fight next uh, for you as the champion this is this I, I assume something you're just expecting like hey everybody's going to want a shot at the champ at some point or are you leaning one particular way is there any thoughts that you have about this thing and have you and Dana had any conversations about potentially who's next no, uh, we haven't had any stuff. Me and, and Dana, we haven't uh, haven't been in contact at all. But uh, what I mean by uh, whoever is like, you know, I want to stay here and like expect for some for something or hold on to to something. Why there's so much opportunity around? Obviously, uh, in my opinion, I still want that. I still want that big fight. Uh, I still want the fight with John John, which will be a, a big challenge. You know, after uh, just uh, getting a win over the uh, greatest heavyweight of all the time, I think it would be great uh, to have a win um, over the uh, greatest mixed martial art of all the time uh, is as a man and in the man of John Jones. You know, I think this will be a very big fight for the uh, not only for the MMA community and we can. Everybody all day long explain for who this will be a big fight, but for myself, this will be a very big fight for my resume, for my uh, uh, personal accomplishment. It will be a big fight. Obviously, that's the one, the fight that I would like to have. But, you know, um, we all have been seeing how this thing is going uh, uh, all over. You know, the USA tweeted this, John John tweeted this. We don't know what exactly is the deal. Uh, or, or what is going uh, wrong but what I do know is like I don't want to sit here and then uh, get myself in such a frustration such a frustration like that I just want to enjoy my moment I just want to <laughs> take a time enjoy my life and just being a fighter uh, and um, be able to deliver uh, as much fight as possible uh, in order to have more experience and to keep my fan uh uh, to give action to my friend and to stay active since the past two years. I bet I almost fought, I fought two times in almost two years, which is very, very uh, low. And, uh, that was very unexpected, um, thing, uh, in my prime, uh, huh. wasting of time huh. like that. And I want to cash up to that. So my goal is to fight sometime like, uh, maybe two times, two more times this year. Uh, okay. So for that, and that's what will truly matter for me. Let's, right. let's put it the priority, John Jones, obviously. But if not, we move on. Derek Lewis is right there, and I think it's, it's going to be a good fight for me, a good fight for us, and for the fans, it's a fight that uh, we own them. We never give them that fight. I think it's the time um, to pay back.
Okay, well, I want to let you know, I can't thank you enough for joining us, Monsieur Nganu Champ. Um, merci beaucoup pour el parler for your time. Yeah. Ah, de rien, je vous en prie. I ain't got it. Hey, you, you kill it, man. You kill it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good luck. We appreciate you so much for your time, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, enjoying his moment, the Predator, Francis Ngannou. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ear holes, I am legitimately thankful for every single time. Francis Ngannou just opened up completely. Yeah. That was cool, man. Wild story. That was really cool. And then Yuke was entertaining. Always is. Good stuff today. Yeah. All right, we got a big one coming tomorrow, too. Be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Thursday night. We'll see you tomorrow, huh? Yeah. Let's have a feel-good Friday, and we'll go into a great weekend. Cheers.